What's up, family? It's Nella B. This your boy, CV. And we here, man. We back, y'all. So I am super excited to have this guest on the show today. I pride myself on knowing all things relationship. And she in doing don't. my research, I found that I don't. So <laughs> today, we have author and poly role model, Kevin Patterson, on the line with us today. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing good. Doing real good. How you doing? Doing great. So glad to have you on the show today. Hey, man, I definitely appreciate you joining us, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's been a wild time. So, like, I'm, I'm glad I'm able to sit back, got the NBA game in the background, and I can sit here and, and talk with y'all. Which means CV is really Yo, jealous because he's I, not watching the game I was about right to let now. you know, bro. I asked her, I said, did you know tonight was the finals? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> For the love of the pod, man. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about polyamory and what that means. And as I was researching, I was finding that I'm getting polyamory confused with polygamy, with like swinger relationships. So can you yep. give us um, your definition of what what is polyamory? I mean, and, and there are different there are definitions that vary, but like the basics of it are. The basics of it is um, the ability or the desire to or the practice of having multiple um, multiple loving relationships, loving romantic sexual relationships um, with the knowledge and consent and the check-in from everybody involved. Okay. Okay. So basically, nobody's out of the, out of the loop on this. Yeah, everybody knows what's happening. Whether or not it's something everyone is practicing all at once is is a different situation. But nobody's cheating on anybody. Everyone knows what they're what they're what they're in for. So tell us a little bit about how you decided to be polyamorous. Or I mean, is this something that you make a conscious decision and say I want to date more than one person? Well, it, that's a, it's sort of an ongoing debate about mm-hmm. whether or not um, it's uh, an orientation or a behavior or a lifestyle. Um, and I won't take that away from anybody. Some people identify and say that that is exactly who they are and who they've always been. I know some people who say that it's just something they're doing. They can turn it on and off. All I know is I opened up a relationship with the woman I would go on to marry uh, about 16 years ago, and with every passing year, monogamy makes less and less sense to me. So whether it's a, you know, so like whether it's an orientation or whether it's a behavior, I just know that I'm not going back. Right. I dig it. I dig it. I think it's so. So funny. you're still with the same person from 16 years? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she she right over here on on my shoulder, messing around on my desktop. Hey, that's what's up. Hold on. <laughs> so I think it's um awesome that you say monogamy doesn't make sense to you because I say all the time it is not natural. It does not happen in the in the animal kingdom. It's a social construct. However, I can't bring myself to share. Uh, you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> okay, I'm and, glad you feel that way. <laughs> And like even 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 that part of it about whether or not it's natural, whether or not it's something that exists in the in the animal kingdom, I don't know anything about that. What I what I do know is that whenever I watch a love triangle on TV, all I can think is, man, she gets two different things from those two dudes. She just needs to be with both of them. Okay, so you was you was definitely feeling she's got to have it. Have you seen that that Spike Lee joint? 
I had a lot of I had a lot of issues with she's got to have it. Like mm-hmm. I liked it as a show, as 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 far as polyamory goes. I felt like there was a lot that they got wrong. I mm-hmm. felt that it was it, it wasn't really as ethical as I like my polyamory. Like I'm not gonna sh- shame anybody for doing it the way Nola Darling does it on that show. Yeah. But it was very it was very clearly written by someone who didn't know what polyamory was. You know that it was a, it was a buzzword for Spike Lee, and he didn't get a consultant <laughs> like he should have to just get a have. few things right. The research, yeah. man, you got to research your script. Absolutely. I mean, and you don't even have to work that hard. My my homegirl, Dirty Lola, who's an amazing sex educator who runs a show called Sex at a Go Go out of New York. She lives in Brooklyn. Spike Lee should have should have sent an Uber over to pick her <laughs> yeah, up. I want, yeah, I'm one in his backyard. That's yeah. insane. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, yeah, and you you mentioned ethics and I, I saw on your tumblr you referred to you said that you had been ethically non-monogamous break that down for me well i mean like ethical non-monogamy just ends up being sort of an umbrella term and like polyamory falls within that swinging falls within that polygamy i guess falls within that it's just a matter of saying that i'm not going to be exclusive to a to a single partner but i'm being face front with that i'm being honest and open about that i mean unethical non-monogamy exists everywhere in, in, in a lot of relationships but you know and it's weirdly enough that's treated like more of a common thing more of a accepted thing you know people cheat all the time and like they hate it but they they accept it but if i say hey i'm not cheating on my partners (laughs) they know where i'm at they know what i'm doing i know where they're at i know what they're doing exactly exactly people treat it like it's like you know like honesty is the bad part of the problem here see now i feel better because now see i didn't use the word ethical back in my day I was told that I was an asshole because I told somebody, I was like, look, I want to have sex with you, but I'd like to have sex with other people too. And she was like, you're an asshole. I was like, what do you mean? See, I gave her a choice. You should yeah, say so I was being ethical. See, society, society gives us like these Disney movies and these pop culture, these pop culture stories where, um, where you're supposed to like lock eyes with somebody and then fall in love and then everyone else becomes automatically ugly in the in in the process and that's just not how things work. Yeah, Nella B sort of like texted me the other day was like, "Hey, have you ever friended somebody uh, because they're attractive?" And I was like, "Yeah." I was scared to answer that shit, <laughs> but then she was like, oh, yeah, because I was going to friend this guy because I find him attractive. I was like, well, as long as you ain't talking this ass, we good. <laughs> I'm not yeah, as elevated me, as you, my brother. <laughs> me, meanwhile, if my wife's like, hey, I just friended somebody on social media because they're kind of hot. I'm like, yo, you know, go for it. Go get yours. Do so your thing. What is the current dynamic of your relationship? Are, are you and or your wife seeing other people at this moment? Like right now, uh, my wife's dynamic is that she is um, she is married to me. <laughs> she has a boyfriend of a year or two. Um, two? It's two? Yes. She, okay, you're not even in this podcast. You're over here talking. <laughs> she's like, yeah, um, right. Okay, respect. <laughs> yeah, she's she's been she's been with her boyfriend for about two years. I know that she she's been seeing some new people, and she's more into the kink side of things than I am. Okay. So she has like she has um kink partners that she's involved with. Um, as for me, my my polyamory is this wild maelstrom of moving parts and, and flailing arms. <laughs> I. <laughs> 
I'm I don't know how many people I'm currently seeing. I'm I've got long distance relationships. I've got local partnerships. I've got people who are like comets where they just sort of come around from time to time into my orbit and then fly back out for a bit. Uh, I'm I'm very loosey goosey with my with my polyamory. Mm. I don't keep a whole lot of structure. I don't have any rules. Okay, well, I just want to let my uh, my my listeners. I want these fellas to hear this. I want them to understand it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a better side to life. I love my life, mom. I love you, baby. I, I just want the fellas to know that you know there's something out there. That, so you can get married, you can put a ring on it, and still live like but that. I think for me, as I was doing my research, and I don't know why this is. Maybe this is my own stuff, but I can accept the sexual aspect a lot more than I can the amorous <laughs> aspect. Like this ability to love other people. And I know that it's probably really ignorant and closed minded, but it's like, no, you love me. You might be <laughs> fucking her, but you love me. And like, is yeah. that difficult? I mean it's it I'll say it like this. It's not difficult, but there are there are struggles that you have. Uh, it's it's not a matter of avoiding struggles. It's a matter of how you approach them. Where yeah, it's a little bit different. Sometimes I'll see my wife and her boyfriend, and they have a dynamic that me and her just don't have. Mm-hmm. And I have to remember that's not something she's doing to make me feel some sort of way. It's just her living her best life. And when I put pl- when I place it in that context, it makes me not want to do something about her behavior it makes me want to be introspective and figure out why do i feel this way is this something that's an insecurity it's is it a fear do i have a legitimate fear that she's gonna like leave me or you know or have something more special than what i have with her and once i realize like that's not really the case Mm -hmm. then it's okay like me and my wife we have an awesome dynamic her and her boyfriend they have an awesome dynamic they don't look anything alike though and that's okay I am so jealous. Like, I, no, I mean, I'm saying, I'm, I'm looking at myself right now. I'm thinking, like, God, I'm such a jealous creature. Because I couldn't imagine, like, I'd be pissed if I saw her having something with someone else. You, um, I, you ever watch uh, those Hunger Games movies? Yeah, yes. yeah. May the odds I watched. Your favorites. I read a really decent article a while back that was explaining that, like, um, you know, Katniss, she's, she's got a thing for the two guys, Peter and Gail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not just that she has a thing for these two attractive dudes. It's also that she's a different person with each of them. She's more of a warrior with one and a nurturer with the other. So in her picking which person she wants to be with, she's not just picking a person. She's picking which version of herself she wants to be. Hmm. But I totally agree with it, that. But what if she doesn't want to choose? What if she wants to be a nurturer and a warrior and and alternate between the two? Where I'm I'm an academic with my wife. You know, I'm an academic with her. Um, I've had partners where I'm more of an activist. I've had partners where I where I end up being a cool guy, which is something I don't really identify as. (laughs) Like I'm I am a high level geek boy. Like I'm I'm made of video game memorabilia. My book is full of really geeky references. But every once in a while, I'll be with a partner that makes me feel like I'm you know a leather jacket wearing, sunglasses wearing cool guy. And so I wonder what is it? Okay, so I had I had a, another counselor friend that I was um, speaking to because I was really excited about this interview, and she actually did a um, she actually did a panel where she was 
asked about open relationships and polyamory and she instantly kind of went into well what is this person not fulfilling for you like what is this void and is it linked to some trauma that is not how that works at okay, all. Okay, so explain explain that because I, I think and she and she said that she struggled with her answer afterwards because she was like, Well, am I passing judgment? Like what you know, what should I have said? What should I have known? So speak to that a little bit. I mean, like, is there something missing in you that you need all these people to fill that? What's actually really funny about that is that like you're asking me to explain it, but it already makes sense to you in every other aspect of your life. Like nobody asked that about chicken and steak, but we love chicken and we love steak. <laughs> you are absolutely you know? right. Nobody asked that. Nobody asked that. Why do we have more than one friend? Why do we have more than one like family member that we cling to that we that we, that we love? You know, um, I've got a, I've got a couple of kids and. There was a point where my older daughter asked me about my work. Like I had been featured in a local newspaper. I was really excited about it. And she said, why? Why does? Why do you have a blog that anyone cares about that anyone would want to read? And I explained to her, look, you see how I love you and you see how I love your, your little sister? She's like, yeah. Well, I love your mom and I love my girlfriend. And that's that's weird to some people, and it's it's exciting and new and 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 interesting to some people, and that's why people check out my work. And she got it immediately because I was able to put it in that context. Wow. You know, no one ever asked why you only have one. You know, why why would you have multiple kids? No one asked that. <laughs> you know, no, I asked that question. Yeah, my <laughs> husband. Asked. Yeah, I was like, why why do we need two? He's a jerk. Because <laughs> <laughs> we need a boy and a so girl. But no, I I totally get that and i like that chicken i feel like i gotta pick up my face on that one um because i totally do believe as a human you're capable of loving other people but we're not taught we're not taught that where relationships are concerned no we're, we're we're not and and we could be and the good thing about learning that that is a possibility isn't that everybody should go off and be non-monogamous or whatever it's understanding monogamy as more than just a default setting it's understanding like understanding that you're choosing to be with somebody on a daily basis as opposed to like you know having a marriage having a ring having a a, a, a marriage license that says this is who I'm with like my wife my wife is amazing you know she doesn't even know how amazing she is and like everyone tells me all the time like oh, all of my female partners all want to date my wife she's an, <laughs> she's amazing she could go anywhere or, or do anything and be with anybody but she chooses to waste her time with me on a daily <laughs> basis and so like i have to make sure that i'm worthy of that on a daily basis so i got a question for you man um are you uh have you ever been in a situation where any of like let's just say one of your other flighty people decided hey man i really want to steal you away like have you ever um, had anyone come sideways try to take you away from your wife um i very 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 early in my non-monogamous journey uh a, a partner of mine who was actually a friend to my wife said something to the effect of, if it wasn't for the kids, I would try to steal you away from your wife. Wow. And and that was a very short conversation that didn't go the way she thought it was going to go. <laughs> Where I'm assuming she's no longer a friend. I mean, no, she. we're still cool. I mean, you know, Y'all we're still are cool. Some just enlightened people. Yo, she would have right to now, go. If that happened with Nella B's friend, if her friend said some, something like that to me, they would have to go. Bruh, yeah. I, I mean, just, <laughs> just, just, 
the logistics of it. Like the idea, the the idea behind her saying that is that I'm unhappy with my, I'm unhappy in my relationship, and I'm waiting for someone to come steal me away. When that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Like I'm happy in my, I, it's. I keep saying, not, um, polyamory isn't a fear of commitment. It's the willingness to make multiple commitments. So. You know, no one's going to steal me away from 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 a happy situation to be in a situation that I'm not even suited for in monogamy. So you mentioned you mentioned earlier, um, you know, your wife and her boyfriend have this dynamic that's different from yours. Do you guys ever double date like you and your wife, her boyfriend and your significant other for that time period? Um, we have, we don't do it often only because we have kids and a lot of times our dating schedules sort of revolve around, uh, at least one of us being home and, uh, and parenting. That is, man, that's brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. Like a a lot of, a lot of it ends up being like, I'll have a date who comes over here while I'm home with the kids and then my wife goes off and does her own thing or vice versa. See, I could see me being the salty dude at home. I'd be like, yeah, your mama out there with some old... (laughs) (laughs) I think that's brilliant because when you don't want to do date night I can just go and do date night and you and the kid yeah. can have a good time yeah good I'm going to be at home with yeah. the kid yeah. I, think that, I think that's brilliant I, I mean that sounds great but it's not great for me <laughs> um, and again that's because my own jealous mind I would have all of these thoughts in my head man I can't, I can't even think of what I would be thinking I'd be like <laughs> I mean and uh, and a lot, a lot of that is programming. I mean, a yeah, lot of that is, 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 a lot of that is like, is like, um, is real monogamous programming, mm-hmm. real tile, toxic masculine programming. Where the first time my wife decided to go off on a date with another guy, and I told myself I'm gonna ask her for all the details when she comes home, every detail. Tell me about the date. Tell me about the guy. Tell me about the sex, and 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 just sort of feel my feelings and see where I landed. And I expected to get really upset about it because Aww. society tells me that I'm supposed to get really upset about it, and I just didn't. You know, I was glad she had a good time and I was glad she was home. And that was that was where I landed. And then I was like, well, I could flip a table or I could just or I can just chill and like and and just be okay. And, you know, even if I even if I did start feeling really jealous and jealousy is a feeling that I get from time to time, Mm -hmm. just just understanding that it's not about. It's not about her behavior. It's about my feelings and owning right. that shit and then figuring out where that's coming from and how I can solve that without trying to control my wife's autonomy. So this may be like a uber personal question. You could totally say I'm not going to answer that. But hey, we hey, we here, man. Right, right. We here, man. So, I mean, does that turn you on? Because, again, I can get with the sexual part that I might be a little turned on by that. But the feelings part, I can't. So does that turn you on to hear about the sex or whatever? No, not really. I mean, like, I'm... I can imagine I'm, some good, hot sex after that. He's still a man at the end of the day. He don't want to hear about that. I mean, like some some people really like hearing about it. Like, I mean, I, I I don't I don't ask a lot of questions because I don't want to infringe on their relationship. But from what I gather, uh, my wife's boyfriend does like to hear about that kind of thing. I, I, I me in particular, I'm glad she's having a good time. I I ask uh, I ask about like her hookups only from a cheerleading standpoint like yeah you know go you yeah. but but beyond that I don't really care. Okay. I think I'd be like trying to one up this dude. So how many times he made you come? <laughs> like okay okay cool cool. So he did three. I gotta get four. 
I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's totally what I think, man. Crazy. Meanwhile, like I, I, I embrace this dude as a teammate, and like again, this is <laughs> there's a. There's a lot of what's it called? There's a lot of programming. There's a lot of masculine programming. There's a lot of monogamous programming where I'm supposed to see this dude as an enemy, mm-hmm. as a rival. Like I'm supposed to kill this man. Right. But it, instead, like that's that's my teammate. Like um, my wife is really into rope. My wife can tie things up. My 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 wife can tie people up. I've seen her. I've seen her uh, suspend herself from a from a luggage rack in a hotel room what? just because she can. That is skillful. And. Yeah, she's she's incredibly skilled. Meanwhile, me and uh, me and her boyfriend will be like off in the corner, like, yo, is she drinking water? Is she staying hydrated? You know, is she getting enough rest? Nah, she you know she's gonna overdo it. All right, you go talk to her. I'm gonna go hide the rope so that she doesn't overdo it. Wow. <laughs> and you know, I think I'm at a point where I am aware of the matrix. I am aware of like this this social construct. I'm not ready. Or with a partner that I could step out of it, and I'm I'm happy in my little my bubble. Um, oh yeah. But I I do think it's very intriguing. I think it's it's very interesting. And in in doing my research, and I kind of knew this before too, that there are ancient civilizations that this is the way they thrived. <laughs> this is yeah. the way. And I mean that whole it takes a village to raise a child is probably because that child was a couple peoples in the village, like you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> so. There's um there's. There's a lot of scientific research about it, and like, not only is there like historical reference to it, like in the animal kingdom, the um, the primates that we're most closely uh, related to on a DNA mm-hmm. on a DNA level, um, like bonobos. Bonobos yeah. are like ninety eight point something percent human. I mean, well, we have like DNA that's like ninety eight point something percent, and they are the most non monogamous of of species, but like. What I'll, what I'll say about it is um, a lot of it boils down to like agriculture. And again, there's a lot of scientific research. There's a book called Sex at Dawn that says it a lot better than I could. <laughs> and um, and I think that's uh, Christopher Ryan and Casilda Jetha where they explain that with the advent of agriculture, we went from being like this group marriage, hunter-gatherer, non-monogamous, everybody all in village sort of society to having plots of land that you needed to be able to attend and then pass down to an heir. So that means you got to get a son. And if you get a daughter, you can trade away that daughter for like, you know, fat, fatted calves and, you know, you know, goats or whatever, because daughters were product and sons were heirs. Right. And I totally get that. When we got married, I kind of told him, look, this is a business transaction. It's, it's a hostile takeover. We don't have to do it the way people do it because I don't believe in all that. And so like, Again, I see the strings are just not, yeah. just not there. Um, how do you, how do you all, since you're having sex with other partners, what is the the safety plan? Like, are there guidelines to what you can do when you're with other people? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't put any I don't put any restrictions on I mean I I can't put any restrictions on on my partners cuz like the the women I date are primarily badasses like I <laughs> I date I date intersectional feminist killjoys like the you know that's that's sort of where I land like I don't try to put any restrictions on my partners they don't try to put any restrictions on me all we do is make sure that we're communicating our safety concerns making sure that there's if there's any exposure risks if there's any changes in our sexual health statuses Mm -hmm. that we're that we're all 
well informed. Um, I get tested every three to six months, depending on like availability of testing and um, and like how many partners I'm how many partners I'm with. Um, and I trust my partners to eat, to just give me the heads up, like, hey, got tested, everything's clear, or no, you know, no new information on my testing. Just you know, basic stuff, just keeping me informed. Okay. See, I, I commend that, and I, and one that's one thing too. Like, for so I speak on our behalf. Like, when me and her started talking, like we was nasty. Like, so we didn't. I don't know if a condom was ever introduced to our situation. I think we might have bought a box, then never used it. Yeah. So I can only imagine, right? If we were in a in a polyamorous situation, we would really have to be tested regularly. Like, we might have to increase that to like every month. <laughs> and like just just having the conversations ends up being like a weird and strange thing like i've had partners where they they weren't into uh, non-monogamy they were just single and available and into mm. me and i was into them and i have a conversation like hey this is what my status is this is the last time i got tested this is who i go barrier free with and they were like oh wow i wasn't expecting to have this conversation i was just expecting the fuck and that was <laughs> that's all they really you know and they were shocked that i was having this conversation with them but like that's that's how i roll like as soon as that's as soon as there's an interest established between me and a person mm-hmm. it's a short conversation it doesn't have to be long and crazy just yeah this is who i'm with this is what i'm doing this is when i got tested this is the results of those tests and you know that can be a conversation that lasts less than five minutes it's a conversation that can be had while making out with somebody <laughs> so that it doesn't it doesn't so it doesn't break the mood it doesn't change the, the flow of the event just you know just so you know where I'm at and I know where you're at. Yeah, this is really great information. We we've toyed with the idea of like having a third party in our relationship and then I feel like that conversation does get awkward even in talking to him about it. It's like so how can I play this? Like <laughs> and then and then we just drop the topic because neither one of us wants to talk about these things. And it's so weird because I hope to be a sex educator. And I think a lot of the issues we're seeing with like HIV and other STDs is because nobody's having the conversations and I can talk yep. to other people about it all day. But for some reason, it's just a weird thing to talk about. Like, well, do we yeah. use condoms or, do, or don't we? Do we ask for an STD <laughs> test or don't we? You know? Yeah. And this, that ends up being like sort of my, 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 my only real problem with like with um with mono with monogamy and with like sort of this mononormative culture that we've got is that it's on rails it doesn't Mm. it doesn't always have the kind of conversations that 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 would benefit a relationship where i have to have conversations about the status of my relationships all the time you know Mm -hmm. and just sort of like where are we standing are we still good do you still want to go out do you need me to like is there something you need me to change to be for this thing to be more fulfilling to you maybe this is something i needed for it for it to be more fulfilling to me and these aren't always conversations that monogamous folks have they just sort of get married like they go on the the, the, what, the what we call the relationship escalator mm-hmm. which is you start seeing somebody you get exclusive you get engaged you move in you get yeah, married right? you have kids yeah. and then you die and <laughs> and as long as the relationship ends with the death of one or both of you it's a success it's seen as a successful relationship <laughs> with, whether it was happy or not 
You yeah, just tearing our little relationship up because I'm yeah, like, well, we ain't going to sleep that. early tonight because we got some things to talk about. <laughs> uh, I mean, because you know, like when you're planning to be monogamous and you have that conversation. So what are we? That's the red flag conversation for most people is like, well, yeah. you trying to do something I'm not trying to do. And it's like, no, I'm really trying to ask you what the hell are we doing so I can go do something else if this ain't what I want. And people yeah. don't get that. Man, that's true crazy i mean i've i've had i've had uh, i've had some really awesome relationships like one of one of one of the best relationships that i've been in for like several years um we've been broken up for like three years because at some point very early on a few months into the relationship we realized that we didn't have the energy to to maintain like a day-to-day committed connection mm-hmm. so instead it was just a matter of we'll talk when we talk We'll see each other when we see each other. It'll be awesome when we do. And that's the relationship. And it's been in that space for roughly three years. And it's been happy and amazing. And we love each other. And when you see us together, we look like people who have been together for years. But then when we go our separate ways... You know, I don't end up on her list of partners. And I, and you know, and she, when I refer to her, I usually refer to her as my ex. But we love each other and we've been together for this amount of time, you know? So you you mentioned earlier that you have children, and we do. and so they are. I'm assuming aware of this uh, situation because um, you said that you would have someone come over to the house. How do they feel? Do they are they old enough to have an opinion about this or ask questions? Yeah. The funny thing is, you said like you 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 assume that they know, and it's funny because even if I didn't tell them about it, they'd know because my kids are super smart and. <laughs> You know, and you can't really slide anything past them. Um, my older daughter was the first to sort of pick up on it. Like, before she was old enough for, uh, to have any real conversations about, like, what our relationships look like, she would see my partners and she'd pick up on the level of familiarity that we have together. And she'd wait till I left the room and pull them aside and be like, wait a minute, do you love my dad? <laughs> yeah, that's what's up, though. But kids are protective like that. Yeah. They're just looking out. Yeah. But like for the most part, the only thing they care about is that there are people who care about them. Right. You know, um, I had a partner over last night and they love that partner because, you know, when they had a birthday, she bought them some little Nalgene water bottles. Like they they saw her water bottle. They thought it was cute and pink and and very femme. So she bought she bought smaller ones for them and they love her for that sort of thing. They don't care who she is in my life. They just know that there's a responsible adult that cares about them. And that's what matters to them. Wow. And uh, overall, I used to work for DSS. Overall, that's what matters. Um, So we're going to wrap it up and and let you go on about your life. But before we do, tell us a little bit about Love's Not Colorblind. Okay. So I'm, I'm living in the Philadelphia area. And it was... For maybe two years, I found myself being like one of very few people of color in my uh, in my local community. And if you know like how how black Philadelphia right, is, yeah. there's no reason. Yeah, there's no reason I should go to anywhere and be the only black anything. But that was a it was it was a thing that happened enough that I'd start talking about it. And a partner of mine who was like sort of in the sex educator circuit, just traveling around, going to conferences and stuff. She said, you really need to like write this down and put this and make this into a workshop. And so I started doing that. And after a couple of years of that, 
it was suggested that I turn it into a book. Mm. So Love's Not Colorblind is a book about um, the way race impacts polyamory at an individual, organizational, event-wide, or community-wide level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I discuss what barriers for entry people of color run into when trying to enter polyamorous spaces. Um, I discuss how to create inclusive environments both like really proactive steps to creating inclusive environments, both for white folks who are who are usually very well represented in these spaces, and for black folks who are trying to either find their representation or create their own in other ways. And also like why it even matters. Like how does how does it benefit our communities? Why does it even matter if polyamorous spaces are inclusive or diverse or not? Mm, that's what's okay. up, man. Well, I, I definitely want the listeners to check it out. And what I do, man, is after we um, after we post this episode, we're going to drop a link so people can actually be able to purchase the book and support. We definitely want to oh, yeah. support you on that. So um, I appreciate it. And what I did want to ask you is, you know, what, what do people what do you want people to take away from this conversation in, in terms of polyamory? What do you want to teach our um, listeners? What's the gym? I mean, what I, what I always want people to take away from any conversation with polyamory is just understanding like, hey, there are options to your relationships and there are benefits to polyamory that can, or there are aspects of polyamory that can also benefit your monogamous relationship. Like the amount of communication I have to do just to maintain my relationships, the amount of emotional literacy that I have to have to maintain my relationships, that's stuff that anybody can benefit from regardless of our relationship style. So that's something like you can you can pick up a book, you can pick up my book on race and polyamory and learn about inclusive environments everywhere. You can pick up a book like The Ethical Slut or More Than Two or Opening Up um, and get and get understanding that can benefit your whole life regardless of whether or not you decide to try to polyamory or not. That's what's up. And you know what? I just want to say something to, you know, for, for our male listeners out there. I want them to understand that, you know, this man said emotional literacy. Now, there's a lot of brothers out there that are barely literate in anything. I don't want y'all to go out and try this shit, guys. Don't go out and try this and hurt yourself and pull the mental muscle or brain muscle doing this. This man is smart and he knows how to talk to a woman. So don't don't go out here and hurt yourself. (laughs) Well, Kevin, tell the people where to find you. All right. Again, my name is Kevin Patterson. I am Poly Role Models uh, everywhere. My my blog, Poly Role Models, is an interview series where people discuss their real experiences with polyamory and like what intersections, like what self identities impact their polyamory. Um, so, like if if you decide you want a resource, that's a good place to be. But I'm Poly Role Models on Tumblr on Instagram, on uh, Twitter, Poly Role Models on Facebook. I'm going to be touring. I'm going to be touring this book all over the place. Uh, I've been touring this book all over the place. Um, I'm going to be at Woodhall Sexual Freedom Summit in August, Poly Dallas Millennium in July, uh, Sex Down South in Atlanta. That's going to be at... um, That's close. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's uh that's September. I've got a discount code for you. That's Kevin at symbol SDS. Kevin at SDS. Um if you're trying to go to Sex Down South, I'm gonna be there talking about race and polyamory. I'm gonna be there talking about masculinity and polyamory. No. It's it, it's gonna be lit. <laughs> that's what's up, man. We hopefully we can make that. I, I'm hoping so. I was just gonna talk to yeah, you. Well, man. well you got a, you got a dis <laughs> you got a discount code, so that's one barrier gone. Exactly. Yeah, we're in Columbia, right. South Carolina, so we're not too far. It's like three and a half hours. 
I just drove through there on my way to Atlanta this weekend. So yeah, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Awesome. Okay. Well, we we gotta come down and meet you face to face. But thank you so Please much. Do. Thank you so much. And we here, man. Hey, man, we here. Hey, we here, man. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to another episode of We Here, Man. We're going to continue bringing you new content each and every week, but we want you guys to join the conversation. So download Anchor.fm, available in iTunes and Google Play. Also, hit that subscribe button in your Apple or Google Play podcast store. I want you to give us the stars, give us the likes if you like it. And like Mama said, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. In other words, don't give us one star, y'all. Thank you for listening again, and we definitely appreciate your air and won't take it for granted.